Broadcasting from Alito to Alton, from Champaign to Chicago, and from Robinson to Rockford, this is the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com. And the red light goes on. That means our mics are on and we better start talking. That's what we're here to do. Larry Smith, Mike Hagley, Brad Sturdy, Patrick Quinn is over here on audio as well. Glad you're here with us. Uh, we've got lots to uh, talk about. We have the man who is the uh, 13-time winner of the Big Ten Men's Golf Coach of the Year. Mike Small is uh, coming on. Um, the, the team right now is uh, playing in the NCAA Regionals in Michigan as we speak. Um, but uh, we got Coach Small before. Uh, they took off, and so we'll get his thoughts. The number one seed, uh, they've got a good shot right now. If they can play their game, a good shot at winning possibly the national title here at months in. Uh, I'll also talk the Iowa scandal, a little gambling going on here just west of us. We'll talk about that. And uh, a lot of hoops, Kedrick Prince comes in. With this 10-gallon hat, and we'll talk about that as well. Uh, but we mentioned Lanai Golf. Uh, let's talk first about the um, where we began last week, and that's the NCAA uh, appearances by both the Illini men's and women's tennis teams, also Illini women's uh, golf teams. Um, Mike, unfortunately, they all went um, one and done, if you will. They uh, they did not advance. Yeah, it's unfortunate. You know, you you growing up when when I grew up in the in the eighties we had to watch Lou Henson take a team that had really hadn't been to the NCAA in ages. And they had to get to the NIT. Then they had to get through to the NCAA. And we had several seasons that ended up as kind of a letdown, you know, the uh, losing to Finnis Dembo, you know, one year and, and, you know, losing, you know, to, to Austin, you know, P. Um, and, and I feel like, you know, the, the tennis season, you know, we, we were, they were so good. And then, you know, just had, had a rough day. Um, women's golf, uh, again, you know, um, Crystal was playing fantastic in the big 10, but that's a sport. And both those are sports where somebody can be on top of the world one weekend and then go play and, and struggle the next. I, I you know, it's frustrating, but you, you'd like to see them break through and, and get that national title. But, but, you know, there's a lot of other teams out there that are very talented with just as much desire to win it as the Illini. Well, that just shows you to your point, just um, how talented these, all these teams are. Uh, They bow out with fantastic seasons and Illini women's golf uh, history made again, uh, just a few weeks ago, winning their first ever big 10 championship. They went in as the nine seed, got that done. Crystal Wang, uh, big 10 golfer, women's golfer of the year. Uh, she also uh, took the award as well for the, uh, uh, you know, the, the low score, uh, best player at the Big Ten tournament. So a lot there um, for, uh, you know, she'll go into history as one of the all-time greats, uh, joining only her coach, Renee Sloan, back then Renee Hyken, as the only Illini women's golf um, golfers to win a Big Ten Golfer of the Year. The Illini men, meanwhile, again, they're the one C, they're in Bath, Michigan, and we'll talk with Mike Spall here in just a moment. Uh, coming off winning their eighth straight, Michael, eight in a row. Big Ten title, and, and they did so. It wasn't even close. Remember the you know the final round, uh, not the, not last weekend, but the weekend before, was washed out uh, in New Jersey, and yet they still won by seventeen shots. Yeah, they were they were kind of reminiscent of the Super Bowls, uh, you know, a couple decades back when it was everyone was a blowout. And and again, you know, we talk about you know you know pushing through, and and Mike Mike Small is is clearly you know, the best coach 
maybe in the whole Big Ten. It's amazing what he's done to dominate the conference. It's a little bit like what you see with Bill Self, you know, out at Kansas. So I think I think it'd be nice to see them get the national title, which would be really the the only achievement he hasn't reached yet as a college coach. But to dominate, you know, uh, double digit years, you know, um, of of Big Ten titles, it's I really don't have a frame of reference for it because of of that that domination. You know, it's maybe Connecticut, you know, UConn basketball, women's basketball without all the national titles, though. Yeah, it's um, it's remarkable what he's done and and the players that he brings in. Um, you know, four of his uh, five golfers on the first team. Big 10 this year. I mean, that's just what they've done. So again, uh, trying to get out to, uh, to Gray Hawkins where the NCAA championships are, 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 will be com- competed, uh, will they be played. And um, so again, looking for a good showing of this weekend uh, in Michigan, we'll be following that on Alanaguys.com as well. And um, uh, again, so uh, Mike Small coming up in our segment presented by Busey a newsmaker segment coming up here in, in just a few minutes. Uh, another big uh, moment for Alani sports this week was the naming of the 2023 hall of fame class. Um, some fantastic names in there, all very well deserving. Um, couple there stand out, out at the top, and let's start with uh, basketball. The flying Illini and Mr. Kenny Battle. Yeah, Kenny Battle was one that he's really hard to to really describe to people because he combines the the athleticism of this latest generation with the insane uh, work ethic and defensive heart that maybe is a little more storied. And to be honest, you know, you kind of, you kind of look at that and you kind of exaggerate the stuff of your youth. And then you go back and watch his films and you're like, you know, the dude just was Mr. Intensity and and you could see why he was the heart of that basketball team, just a fantastic player. And, and he was a human, you know, human highlight reel, which is overused, but, um, you know, I even remember in college watching him put on a dunk show at the, you know, over at the uh, intramural, uh, the IMPE building. And I, I don't think I've ever seen anybody just literally go and dunk for an hour straight. I don't even know that. I didn't even know. I, don't, I just haven't seen anything like it before or after. Just an amazing athlete. And, um, you know, when he came into the, when he came and played, there was always exciting. Yeah, no question about that. And uh, another couple of football players uh, of more uh, of recent years um, also going in, Jack Trudeau, um, of course, the Rose Bowl quarterback, um, really kind of carried the mail in the Mike White era from uh, Dave Wilson and Tony Eason. Then it was Trudeau after that. He's been on the show before. We'll talk with him again here before uh, before we uh, get to when he's actually uh, enshrined. And uh, Rashard Mendenhall, somebody who had just an outstanding career, both in Illinois and the NFL, and uh, has very quietly gone off to uh, enjoy his life, and now he'll he's back in the spotlight. Yeah, he. If you were going to ask me, and and you know, with with all respect to Chase Brown and and you know some of the guys who've come after, I thought Mendenhall was the most talented of the Illini running backs of all time. I guess you know you got to go back to Red Grange for somebody who actually caught the, you know, had the excitement of the fans the way Mendenhall did, but. He was a guy who could score from anywhere on the field. was uh, a, a do- was a really good player in the NFL. Um, just just one talented individual, and I'm sure Coach Zook has a ton of stories about Mendenhall and 
maybe Mendenhall's mom, since she was kind of an interesting uh, person in terms of wanting to uh, help her son out and her son's cause. Um, but but a, a magnificent player come Saturdays. Yeah, another uh, name that's uh, far overdue, Al Broski, who was a star back in the early 50s. Um, to this day, uh, here we are, um, you know, some 70 years later, still holds the NCAA career interception mark with 29. Um, just amazing. He's already in the College Football Hall of Fame, got that back in 1998, uh, passed away in 2010 at the age of uh, 82. And again, he is uh, uh, part of this uh, 2023 class. A couple of other names as well. Ken Holtzman, uh, the, the longtime pitcher, Major League Baseball pitcher is in there. Uh, Thomas Peters, the, the golf star. Uh, Don Sunderledge, a uh, basketball player as well. And and there are several others as well, uh, A.J. Evans and track, uh, Nicole Evans, Casley and uh, softball and so many more. So uh, George Kerr and track. But anyway, again, that is going to be coming up uh, on Friday, September 15th, the induction ceremony at State Farm Center. And that's uh, right before the um, Illinois plays host to Penn State in football on Saturday, uh, September 16th. All right. We are just kicking off uh, this edition of the Sports Spectacular. Coming up, uh, we tee off uh, heading into the NCAAs. With outstanding golf coach Mike Small, he's standing by next here on the Sports Spectacular. If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify. Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-390-5160, 800-390-5160, 800-390-5160, that's 800-390-5160. This segment presented by Busey Bank, proud sponsor of Illini Athletics and of the Sports Spectacular as well. He is the 13-time Big Ten Coach of the Year Award winner, Mike Small, back on the program Mike, always good to talk to you here. Um, boy, congratulations again to you and to your team. Eight straight Big Ten championships, and your team now uh, heads of the NCAA. Thanks, Larry. Yeah, it's always great to catch up with you and uh, and talk Illini sports and talk Illini golf, and this is a busy time of year. Yeah, you have been uh, on the run. Um, you know, we haven't talked to you since then. You've been um, uh, what you're a man in demand, um, and, and rightly so this time of year. Uh, what was it like um, out of New Jersey? You know, the, the rain kind of wiped out the final round, but you guys really taking care of business. It was just a matter of, uh, of finishing out things. Um, really one of the most dominating performances um, that, that I have seen. How was it from your end? Yeah, you know, we, we knew the weather could be iffy two weeks out. We look at the extended forecast and the closer we got, it still stayed the same. And when we flew out there, we knew that this thing could be shortened to one or two rounds. We didn't know it could always go to three, but you never knew. So we prepared for that mentally. And um, the first round we played solid, had a six shot lead. But there's, you know, there's some good teams in the Big Ten. There's four, four teams inside the top 35 or 40 in the country. So it's it's a good it's a good uh, a good conference. And so after the first round, the second round, the the, the, the weather lightened up a little bit. And we knew we had to go and because um, the, the, the last day's forecast was bad again. So I guess to make a long story short, we prepared for this. We were ready for it. And we came out the second round and extended our lead. And, yeah, 17 shots for, for two rounds is a lot. We'd won by um, a lot more than that when the, when the event used to be four rounds. But since it's been con, um, condensed to three rounds, I think that's one of the bigger the bigger wins. Yeah, it, it was just impressive. And, again, the postseason awards, again, we mentioned your coach of the year of uh, four players. Um 
on the all big 10 first team. Um, and I know you were just really excited to see that kind of recognition for your guys who worked so hard this season. Yeah. I mean, that happens when you're ranked second and third in the country in the two major polls that follow college golf and, and you got a veteran team and who's hungry and um, you know, they wanted to, they want to do something special and uh, it's been, it's been good. We've won seven times this year. Now it's become a habit. We've probably talked about everything we do becomes a habit and um, we want that winning to become that same way. And so that happens when you got, when you, when you play that way all year, you get four guys on the first team and one guy on the second team. So we had all five of our guys represented. Yeah, that was just, uh, just impressive. We talked back in, in early February um, as you were kind of getting ready for, uh, you know, the spring part of the season, as we've talked before, many people may not realize you guys play a fall and, and a spring season. It's, it's kind of a year round thing for you. Um, what what what's the big thing that this team did that maybe surprised you? You knew you had a veteran team. You knew you had a lot of talent. Um, as you mentioned, you knew the guys were hungry. Uh, didn't advance as far last year as what you would have liked. Um, what impressed you over these last three months, or maybe surprised you about this year's team? Well, I wouldn't say surprised me, but it's something that we had talked about and wanted to accomplish. We wanted to get more consistency in everything we do individually and as a team. And um, good golf teams have that consistency. And I've said it before on other, on other shows that, you know, coaches in all sports, all we want to do is know what we're getting. We don't like surprises. You know, we can plan, we can, we can, we can guide them through certain situations. If we kind of know the realm they're going to be in and we, we did more consistency off last year's team, we were up and down last year. I think we finished 17th in the country a year ago in the rankings. So we had a good season, but we didn't make it as far as we wanted to in the NCAA championship. So, you know, we had a bad day in there and that, well, you know, you have a bad day. It doesn't, doesn't work out well at the end of the year, same way in the NCAA basketball tournament, you have a bad day, you're done. So we wanted to build some consistency. And I think this year through the seven wins and I think we have seven wins, three seconds, a third and a fourth all year. That's what we've tried to establish. Now there's no guarantee that will continue. We know that, but if you've established that consistency, it gives you a better chance and, and the coaches know what, 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 what we're getting. So that's impressed me that they've bought into that and they've tried to be more consistent in their daily activities, their daily thinking, their daily planning. And that's that's something I'm proud of. Uh, talking with Mike Small, men's uh, golf coach at the University of Illinois, and again, eighth straight Big Ten championship. And now they are the number one seed um, at the NCAA Regional, which is in Bath, Michigan. Um, is this a course the team is familiar with? Michigan State is the host uh, of this and and the Spartans the, also, I believe they're the 10 seed here. Um, in, in this field. Uh, tell us about the course. Are you familiar with it? And, and what challenges does this weekend uh, present for you? Well, it's going to be a short answer for you. I know I'm not. I'm not familiar <laughs> with it. I've, I've tried to do some work on it and uh, we're, we're doing some stuff, you know, remotely and asking people, but we, we get one practice round. Uh, we've been to Michigan State quite a bit, but never played this golf course. This is not the university golf course. This is a one of their satellite places they play. It's supposed to be really good. It's, 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 it's a Pete Dye design golf course. Uh, and, and I, I like Pete Dye designs. A, a lot of our guys do too. So that's a positive, but, um, we're unsure of the weather. We're unsure of, of the condition of the course. And we're going to find all that out the day before we get one day to look at it and figure it out. And we're not allowed to on it. We're not allowed to get there before the one day. So it's one of those things where you just got to make, make, make use of your time during the practice round and figure it out as much as you can. You know, that brings up a, a question that I just not thought about, um, how important is it to have um, to know the designer of the course and therefore to know what the course presents? It, it, do you feel that certain uh, golf course designers follow certain patterns? Does that is that oh, yeah. 
preparation? Yes. Yeah. I mean, every golf course designer has a personality, has these and have consistencies. And you know that now they're not all 100% the same because they want to make different golf courses. But the, the nuances and the feelings and the, the way they do things, there's some similarities from course to course, of course. But um, our team, the way we train, practice and learn the game is we want to be able to take our the way we play, the way we think, the way we attack certain golf courses and pins and greens and whatever you have. Um, we, we, we want to be able to do that easily. So we, we preach a way to play the game that kind of can go to all those different venues and all the different conditions, different parts of the country. Um, so we're going to take our philosophy and go play this golf course, in the practice round and figure it out. But, uh, yeah, Pete Dye does have his own, his own, um, personality. Um, he's passed now, but he's probably one of the top two or three or four designers in the history of the game. Um, he does have an island hole or an island green like he did at um, when he designed TPC Sawgrass down where they play the players. There's one of those here, very similar hole. So that's something that's similarity. But I'm sure there's a lot of water. There's some railroad ties and there's some, you know, some some sh tee shots that look really tough off the tees. But there's more room out there than you think. I think a lot of it is visually intimidating on tees. But once you hit it, it's really not that not that bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as you were saying, you you can never predict round around day to day, even though no matter what you've done, because that that's what golf is. That's what keeps us coming back. All of us uh, amateurs who are not on the level that you guys are, obviously. Um, do you feel that, that the team has done everything that they can to prepare um, for this moment, for what lies ahead with these, uh, these next uh, few weeks? I, mean, I think we've done a very good job of it. Are you ever totally fully prepared? Um, no, I mean, I guess the way you prepare is you pre prepare for things to go wrong and you prepare for things not to happen correctly. And then how do you adapt? So the ability to change on the fly to make adjustments and stuff we're still working on. I think these, these players are still amateur golfers. They're not professionals. They're still young kids. So they're all trying to figure that out and get better. And we'll do that every day. You know, we try to address them. Some guys on our team got issues with speed on the greens, you know, consistency putting some guys can't control the ball flight um, with, with their irons to handle different conditions and wins. Some guys drive it better than others. And the guys who don't got to learn to get it in the fairway at all costs in certain situations. And other guys, you know, the short games, they can, they can hit, you know, they can hit bump and runs and they can keep the ball low to the ground, but they can't get air under it and make it stop around the green. So everybody's, you know, addressing issues they have to do daily. And I think you do that the rest of your life in this game. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of how is your game? I know that you still get out and, and compete and have you looked ahead to the summer yet? Or are you still, still in the moment? Well, ironically, I just played my first little one day starting event uh, two days ago um, okay. in the LMI section. I went up and played a one day event, played pretty good. I, okay. uh, I tied for first. So that was a pl pleasant surprise for not playing since January. Um, but my game's very inconsistent. The stuff we're talking about with these guys, I have no consistency. I don't know what I'm getting from day to day. So I, that, that falls back to lack of preparation and, and, and thought and, and um, just putting time into it. And that, that will come after the season ends. I'll, I'll get more and more into it. Now that the weather's kind of warming up the last couple of weeks, I can get out and hit a, hit a, hit a bucket of balls once in a while yeah. when time presents itself. But now my game's important to me. It's something I've always done since I was 15 years old competitively. And I'm not going to stop now at 57. I'm going to, I have some champions tour events to play in. I have some other regular uh, events I'm going to play in um, this summer and see how I do. And if I play well, I'll play more. If I don't, it'll be a short summer. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Well, we've talked before, always excited to see you out there and uh, representing uh, Illinois, representing uh, the state and, and as well as the university. And of course, yourself and your family. Um, I do, before I let you go, got to get uh, your comments on Nick Hardy uh, breaking through um, recently recently. 
and uh, getting the win at the Zurich Classic, his first PGA uh, Tour win. How satisfying was that for you, having been there with Nick for so long as a coach and mentor and friend? Oh, man, very satisfying for me, primarily because I know this is what Nick has wanted. This is what Nick has worked for. You know, he works harder than anybody. He's got a great attitude. He he he's a, he grinds at it. He wants it badly. And um and to win the, to be a PGA Tour winner now and to have all those two year exemption and he made over a million dollars. I think one point two million that that weekend. Yeah. Um, you know, that's the reward you reap from all the work you put into it. So I'm happy that Nick is happy. I'm happy that he is. Uh, his, his career is, pro is progressing and now he's a PJ tour winner and he's going to have a career out there, a career for sure out there now. I mean, he's got a two year exemption and I think he'll settle down and continue to play well. Yeah. That, that relief of not having to, mm -hmm. yeah, the, you always grind, but you've, you've got some cushion there, I guess, in terms That's of right. you, with that exemption. Exactly. Right. Uh, Mike, always great to talk with you. We wish you guys the best this weekend in Michigan. Uh, and uh, I know you won't say it, so we will, we look, we look forward to the next round. And of course that you are familiar with, um, once you get past this weekend, how's that? That's, that's great. I love the way you're thinking, Larry. <laughs> we, we won't put you on the spot. Mike Small, uh, golf coach, University of Illinois. And again, the men's team, the number one seed at the Bath Michigan Regional and uh, looking for uh, that national championship. They are, again, ranked in the top three, as you mentioned, all season long. And uh, it is not a stretch that this team, a veteran team, a lot of talent. And of course, uh, Mike Small, one of the, the greatest golf coaches in the country, very good professional in his own right as well. Uh, this segment presented by Busey Bank. We appreciate their support. Stay with us. Much more here on the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular, powered by the Illini Guys Radio Network. A tradition of excellence over 150 years in the making. At Busey Bank, we're committed to building relationships that span generations. Wherever your journey in life leads you, we are with you along the way, creating a legacy for you and your family. Busey Bank, building business, growing wealth since 1868, proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Member FDIC. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys radio network. Now, let's get back to the studio. Well, we touched on the first of the show here, and we're going to have Tom Cakert of HawkeyeReport.com uh, coming on a bit later here in the second hour to talk more about this. The, the gambling scandal over in Iowa. Now, in the state of Iowa, um, gambling is legal, but uh, earlier this week, uh, Iowa announcing that the school um, was aware of a sports gambling probe, uh, and there were as many as two dozen or more student-athletes currently involved across several sports that were involved in this, also some Iowa State athletes, so potentially like 100 athletes involved in this. Um, guys, want to get your thoughts. First off, um, what do you think initially, and, and then later we'll talk about kind of where we go from here. Well, I think it now it makes sense. The Iowa offense couldn't score in football because they were trying to keep the games close. That makes sense now. I, I, I now I get it. Or, or the I, DC know, or the OC was. Maybe the OC, maybe he's involved. Maybe it's not just students. I don't know. No, I don't want to say that because you know it's not. We don't have any information. We're, but we're joking. We're joking. We're joking. We're joking. But it also explains Iowa's basketball defense. <laughs> <laughs> Still, <laughs> oh god, that's great for the last seven years. <laughs> They've how long has it been going on, guys? We don't know <laughs> how far does it go back. Luca, Luca Garza was actually a great defender, he just chose not to. <laughs> <laughs> well, the fight, what, what do you guys bet that this is a big deal? <laughs> I don't know. 
you know, it's like it's like pretty soon Vegas will have odds on how long, you know, how many uh, Iowa players will get in trouble and how many games will they miss. And <laughs> th- then next thing you know, you'll hear that, you know, the Wisconsin players got in trouble for betting on how long the Iowa players were going to be out. <laughs> well, it's, <laughs> As it's the like, scandal, it, it, it mushroom clouds to take yeah. the whole Big Ten. You know, again, gambling legal in Iowa, but again, the NCAA rules ban athletes from taking part in this. And that's what we're, I'm going to ask Tom here. And he comes up here a bit later. You know, right now it's one where, you know, with all the gambling apps, you can go right there on your phone and and place a bet wherever you are. Right. Or if it's you're in a state that's legal. So um, I guess my question is that how do they curtail this? I mean, if, if you're the NCAA, do you go through and work out with the the gambling organizations, the websites, and you kind of block certain students if their name is on there and they're in a certain area that you can't, I mean, how, how do you prevent them from betting and, and how do you prevent gambling from seeping into the sport? That's a great question. I don't know what you're going to do. I mean, obviously you're going to have to have some something there to keep this from happening, but this is nothing that we didn't kind of see as an issue year before. You know what I mean? But again, this is the NCAA kind of being behind like we're, we're catching up after the fact it's the same thing with nil it's the transfer portal it's everything we're like behind the eight ball trying to catch up now instead of being proactive we're reactive and that's where we're at right now yeah and you know this is this is something that josh whitman the illinois athletic director was very concerned about and other athletic directors have stated their concerns as well and and I really think that the only way to deal with this is to be very clear and and you know crystal clear as to what the rules are, and then you have to have consequences for bad behavior, unfortunately, which means the first people caught up in this end up being like the shoeless Joe Jacksons, you know, who get in big trouble, and you know because you're trying to set a precedent that has to last for the future and it has to scare the tar out of people. Yeah. This all starting actually last weekend when Iowa held four players out of their series, the entire series uh, versus Ohio state, including Keaton Anthony, who not, isn't just any player. I mean, he was a you know freshman all American last year, a uh, team leader in, uh, you know, virtually every uh, hitting category um, had missed any games before that weekend series and the Hawkeyes, not just any team 34 and 12 this season, 10 and seven in the big 10. Um, you know, this is one, again, this is not just any player and it comes also, you know, on the heels of the Alabama scandal where the head coach was fired, uh, Brian Bohannon. Um, you know, there are also with some issues in terms of, um, again, something that was sketchy with, with Alabama. So you want to ask, um, uh, Tom as well. When we, when we talked to him here in the next hour, um, you know, the, what, what's the correlation between these two, if any? Yeah, it definitely. I mean, and then you wonder like, what's, you know, what's the correlation? How closely is this all tied together and how, how what's the future? I mean, what, or what does what do you do to this year? Is there like something going back during this actual season that, you know, we've got completed years, whatever, but th- th- we're still in the middle of a season here. So what happens with that? Yeah, this one, like I said, this is kind of your, I know there's a cliche here, but it's, this could be the tip of the iceberg. And one hopes that it's not something that causes, you know, unbelievable amount of problems. 
but as a as a kid, you know, especially an athlete who's used to being in front of huge crowds of people and big time adrenaline, well, let's all let's all realize that there's nothing better than you know winning a bet and you know getting even twenty bucks. You know, you get all excited because you you know you picked the game right, and that that thrill is very addictive. And and there's a reason why there's so much concern you know, with gambling and why so many people have challenges controlling their behavior with it. We should point out as well, the we mentioned Iowa State also has its own probe um, with several students there, student athletes involved there, uh, some football players, wrestling, some track athletes as well. And uh, and again, you know, how big is this problem? You've got sports gambling uh, that has been expanded to more than 30 states in recent years. And keep in mind, uh, the Mid-American Conference, the MAC, um, has a deal with Genius Sports that they reached last year to distribute stats. Um, but Genius Sports also has been used for those stats used for gambling purposes. So, I mean, you know, everyone's in bed together and it's it's you know, it's time to kind of figure out, um, you know, who's doing what and when and, you know, do a hand check. So because it's uh, it's uh, it's about to get messy. All right. Very. <laughs> Very. All right. <laughs> we're just getting started for better or worse. Uh, we're going to talk some Illini basketball up next. This is the Sports Spectacular. When life isn't easy, you need health care that is. You need OSF On-Call Urgent Care. With OSF On-Call Urgent Care, we make it easy to get affordable, quick, convenient care for minor illnesses and injuries when and where you need it. Reserve an appointment online or walk in for care 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. every day, even on holidays. Virtual visits are also available 24-7, 365. Get started today or find a clinic near you at osfoncall.org slash urgent care. Busey Bank, we understand you have a vision for your future, and we're committed to helping you achieve your dreams. Since 1868, we've invested in recruiting and retaining the best and brightest associates. Busey's unique culture is one that values and supports you, provides opportunities for growth, and it's much more than a job. It's a career. Build relationships, build community, and build your career at Busey Bank proud to be the official bank of the fighting Illini. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the health insurance helpline can help you get it. 800-448-0828-800-448-0828-800-448-0828-800-448-0828 That's 800-448-0828. This Sports Spectacular powered by IlliniGuys.com. And we're joined now by Kedrick Prince. He's director of recruiting with IlliniGuys.com. Kedrick, uh, by the way, we should, we should, you're probably wondering. Yes. Yes. He's wearing the 10 gallon hat. I just, I try to give him a pass. I try not to talk about it every single time, but he loves that, that darn hat. Uh, Yeah. But Ked's got it on again. No chaps today. Uh, and the horse, I'm sure, is outside somewhere. I didn't look. But anyway, uh, I digress. Uh, Ked's joining the conversation right now. Fellas, uh, Bob Huggins. Um, it's one thing that I, I, you know, blast Ked for the 10-gallon hat. But Huggins, with the nasty, um, uh, derogatory, homophobic slur, uh, start of the week, uh, after a couple of days, West Virginia finally coming in and punishing the current uh, winningest coach in Division One college basketball, um, a three-game suspension 
and a reduction of a salary of his salary by a million dollars in this year. Look, there's no guarantee he's going to coach past 2024. He's on a deal that's like a rotating, you know, it's a continuing one year contract that he's on. But your thoughts, million dollars and a three game suspension for um, for a pretty nasty slur on radio. You know, what's tough um, for me is, you know, I've been around the block for a little bit and just to hear the things that Coach Huggins said today, I'm not surprised by it. Disappointed by all stretches of imagination. Very, very disappointed. But in the climate and the world we live in today, you are now seeing people's true colors. And, you know, and it's really sad that you see this, but it's also tough because he's a college coach and, you know, he's recruiting some of these kids and the comment that he made obviously is not going to sit well um, with a lot of people. And, and, you know, away games, he's going to hear that quite a bit. And it's going to come up in national media a lot. And Coach Huggins is not a guy that's he's he's not bashful. And, you know, and he, after a heated loss, he's probably going to say something that he regrets again. But, you know, again, I wish a lot of these public figures would just keep their mouths closed and not make these comments because it's a bad it's wrong, in my opinion, anyway. But it's a bad look on your program. And, you know, the money, I, I guess that's a tough blow. But the, the amount of games I'm not a fan of, I think it should have been a lot more. Yeah, it's it's hard to defend that when you see Kofi Coburn get three games for selling shorts and yeah. then taking the money and giving it to charity, getting three games for that, and then Bob Huggins making the comments that he made and getting three games. And yes, the million dollars off of there, uh, that that's that's depending on how they shuffle around the contract and when he retires. So that that money maybe a little hard to track. And you also look at the price Myers Leonard paid for one comment. And, you know, that one um, was one that cost him, you know, a year of his, his uh, NBA career. And he took it seriously with all the steps he did to understand, um, you know, the Jewish religion, et cetera, and really took that as an opportunity to learn and better himself I don't think Bob Huggins cares. Bob Huggins is he's a bully and this is just the type of behavior you kind of expect. You bring up a really good point. Uh Myers in fact lost uh, probably roughly 15 million dollars in 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 salary. I mean another year left in his contract yep. at least uh with Miami. So yeah, you're exactly right. Um uh, it's funny people I've talked to around the country everyone's in unison on this. They felt this was too light. Um and the three games they're going to play are against three games that that the Mountaineers are going to probably beat anyway. So they're not taking a, chances are probably not games that are, are of major consequence. Um, you know, another uh, name in the news uh, this week, uh, a little close at home in the big 10 Hunter Dickinson just left Michigan after three years. Um, as we talked last week, um, uh, you know, agreed to transfer to Kansas. Um, you know, there's some word out there about a million dollars in NIL money. Well, Dickinson saying this week that last year at, at, at Michigan, he says, he he received less than a hundred thousand dollars from Michigan. Now there's no shortage of money up in Ann Arbor uh, around any Michigan program. Um, that seems like if it's accurate, and all we we only have Hunter's word to go on, that seems low for a player that's uh, you know All American caliber, All Big Ten uh, performer. It's, if if he's right and. You know, I've not heard Michigan make a statement about it. I don't know if they will because it's NIL money. Um, I don't. I, I don't think that's very professional on his part. I don't. And Hunter 
Kirk Dickinson is not bashful. He has made a, a number of comments um, throughout his career in Michigan that I mean that I don't think the university agree with, and I know of, uh, some of the schools, opposing schools, didn't agree with things that he said. Um, but Larry, to answer your question, it is very, very low if that is correct. But who knows what they would have offered him, you know, if he would have came back this year. Um, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes with these kids. And, and you know, some of these things that I'm learning, and it's kind of interesting that you brought this up, some of these kids have clauses, and maybe he didn't meet the clause that was given to him. And the one thing fans need to understand, you're not just going to get all this money up front. I can assure you. So if you see a kid telling that he's going to get $500,000, no university is just giving you a check for $500,000. That's broke up in increments. And, you know, kind of like Mike just mentioned about Bob Huggins, there's so many loopholes and things, and depending upon how the NL contract works, there's a lot that goes into that. And for him to just put a university on blast like that, I would be concerned if I was Kansas. You know, it, it the NIL numbers I take with the same uh, seriousness that I take WWE wrestlers' heights and weights. <laughs> um, Hulk Hogan was supposed to be 6'8", 3'10". I saw him standing next to a buddy of mine who was 6'5", and 260, and Hogan was the same height and maybe 5, 10 pounds heavier. So um, the bottom line is, is, no university is going to, you know, if, if you no no player wants to say that, you know, I didn't, you know, I wasn't offered a lot of money at the beginning and no university wants to look like they're cheap. So the numbers are always going to be higher. And I do think that there's a little bit of kiss and tell that Hunter probably as he ages, he may look back at some of the things he's said and think to himself, you know, I probably would have been okay if I hadn't verbalize that out loud and you know with his podcast he's always entertaining he always says things that are interesting but there is a price to be paid and i think he's burning a lot of bridges i want to get your thoughts because we didn't get a chance to get into this much last week um what do you think hunter dickinson's um impact will be on this kansas program um look we i mean you know look he's a very skilled player um under the basket and also on the perimeter um i think he's a perfect fit for you know selves high low offense um but what do you think for a for a program that consistently is around the 30 win per year um category uh, always a high seed always a danger to go all the ways they did two seasons ago um how does he how does he fit in and 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 what's his impact on the Jayhawks program in this one year I think it's a great fit Larry I I do you know regardless of all the NIL and all the other drama that comes with him you know Bill Self still runs a high low offense and you know he puts players in position to where they can score and and showcase their skills and if you really want to go to the next level I mean Kansas is a school but the the NBA the GMs are going to look at that school and Hunter whether you like the guy or if you think he's good or not, he's a 19 or 20 point game guy and a seven or eight, nine, 10 rebound guy. He is going to be very impactful for, for them. And Kansas, I mean, when you look at some of the preseason polls, I mean, that are early and they don't mean anything because there's still time left for some roster moves, but having a guy that dominant and was, he was arguably the top transfer in the transfer portal. He was not, he was number one, two or three. So, I, I applaud Kansas for going out and getting a guy like that because instantly they, they're going to challenge everybody, you know, which they always do. So, you know, his impact is going to be felt. Um, I think it's a tough blow for Michigan, 
Um, if you're a Big Ten guy, I think it's good that he got out of the Big Ten. I think he needs a fresh start to go to another conference, and he's only going to be there a year. So, um, but I just I think it's a good move, and I think he's going to get what he needs out of it. If he plays hard, which he does, he does produce. Yeah, I think this is a perfect fit on at least on the court. The high low offense is fantastic, and when you look at what he can do. Um, you know, what coach self can do. I think he's the best coach in college football or excuse me, college basketball. And I think his high, low offense is fit for Hunter Dickinson. So I think it's really a way to go. Good fit there. Well, let's talk about uh, fit for Illini hoops right now. Uh, we have uh, about three weeks left here um, in the, in the transfer portal uh, window. It's, it seems like it's gone on forever and it really has. This began you know, back in March and here we are in May. We still got three weeks to go to the end of the month. Um, Ken, what's the latest right now? Obviously, um, you know, two pieces there. Um, you know, one being uh, Coleman Hawkins declaring for the NBA draft. Uh, Terrence Shannon, I should say, is, is the other piece too. The uh, the fifth, fifth year senior uh, discussing coming back. And then, of course, you need a point guard. And that's the third piece that we're waiting on right now. Uh, Ray J. Dennis. What can you tell us about these three and and their status right now as we go into the weekend? Well, if you're um, an Illini fan, I mean, you might want to get out of cloth and, and start wiping the sweat away because there's some real reasons that you should be concerned. And I'm going to start with the two gentlemen that are on the roster right now currently um, that are into the NBA draft. Um, they are getting some really good feedback regardless of what you hear on some of these draft boards. I mean, I talked to a, a couple of GMs today and, you know, they things that they've seen in individual workouts and some of the things that they're doing and they look good. I mean, they they are showcasing what they really and truly can do. Um, and when you look at Coleman Hawkins, who's a 6'11 guy, I mean, this guy is tailor-made for a team that doesn't require a lot of uh, offense because he can do so many different things. And he can, if he can just define and pick up his shooting and, and do a, a few things really, really well, I think he, he'll fit well in the NBA roster. Terrence Shannon is kind of a tweener um, just because of his ball handling ability. He's a tall kid, but at the NBA level, you got to be able to put it on the floor. And I think he, like Coleman Hawkins, needs to shoot a little bit better. Now, when I talked about um, being nervous and sweating a little bit, um, a lot of Illinois fans thought because R.J. Dennis, uh, the MAC Conference player of the year from Toledo, was going to be a lock from Illinois because he's from the state. It's not that easy. I mean, there are some teams out there, and I would say a couple of them, um, Baylor and Indiana, they're they're throwing their hat in the ring, and they're not going down, you know, without a fight. You know, this is going to go 10 rounds because, you know, all three schools have a lot to offer. And he's a guy that is going to produce a lot of points, and he's a, a guy that wants to play at the next level. It's a dream of all these uh, student-athletes. So, um, you know, I, you know, none of the schools have gotten a visit yet. I mean, I know they're all trying to work on that. Maybe one the school he picks may be the only school that he visit. But right now, they're all giving their pitch. And I say it's a three-horse race between Illinois, Indiana, and Baylor. But, you know, if I had to pick, I would say it's a tie between Illinois and Baylor, and Indiana will be the next in line. Ted is known as the mom whisperer. And I'm wondering, <laughs> you know, Illinois, have they let you – Show Ray J's mom those um, beautiful, beautiful spurs that are, gosh, is that a fuchsia <laughs> color? That's really cute, kid. Um, but, you know, it is, it is something that, that I think people don't understand 
that there's a lot of excellent basketball programs out there and they're going to have their sales pitches just like Illinois is. And I do think one thing Ray J has done perfectly is he went into the portal late and scarcity of resources means, you know, there is a low supply, which means your demand's high and you, you can get more dollars your way. And I think his timing is perfect. And now teams that maybe didn't, you know, get the earlier point guards really have decided to go all in to get him. It's a genius move. And if I was a player, I wouldn't go into the transfer portal until the last week so that I could maximize my dollar value. That's just me, though. I'd agree with that. Well, tell us this, Ked, of the, of the three, uh, Shannon, Hawkins, Dennis, um, can you put a percentage, a, a 60-40, a 70-30, and where are they, these guys uh, stand in terms of being in an orange and blue uniform next season? Yes, I'll do that. I think right now, today, I will say there's a 70-30% chance that you will see Terrence Shannon um, back at the University of Illinois. Um, I will say Coleman Hawkins, I think it's 60-40. Um, I, you know, everybody who's been following college athletics know that a, a roster that's put around him and um, and what the coach is going to do to make changes um, is going to be key to him, and they're going to have to prove prove that to him. And if not, I mean, if he doesn't do the NBA draft, he may go to the transfer portal. Um, I know that's been mentioned to me as well. And right now, I have to be honest with you, I think Ray J is a 50-50. I mean, I know a lot of people – who root for the orange and blue think this is a done deal, but if it was a done deal, he would have been on campus already. And I think he would have already committed because these kids want to get this done. And I don't want to, we can't minimize what Mike just said. I mean, right now he holds the key because he's going to get a lot of money because there's not a lot of high quality transfers in the portal left. Yeah, this is, this is going to be a, um, it's going to be a nail biter for Illinois fans. Doesn't mean that Illinois is not going to, prevail i mean there's there's a good shot they've got a fantastic program on the upswing but um baylor has an outstanding program they have six players in the nba right now six or seven and illinois has two and indiana we're not going to talk about them they don't make any sense but you know they still have money that they want to spend so it's it's tough (laughs) yeah it really is maybe he likes candy striped pants can anybody that. really like candy striped pants? I, I really, that's a question that I ask. But I don't look into don't other guys' know. closets, so I, I don't know. <laughs> um, I, wore those in, I wore those in high school, so I, I kind of like them, to be honest. Sorry, I do. Well, but we've seen those those fuchsia spurs, Ked. And... <laughs> Easy, big boy. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, well, all right. Before we move on, tell us this. Give us a name. Is, is there a, another point guard out there? Because Illinois needs a point guard. Um, you know, Moretti, the, you know, the, the young freshman is not ready. Uh, the, the kid Draven Gibbs Lawhorn is a, you know, he's a freshman. He's not ready. So who's a point guard. They can, is, is there a backup? Is there, is there a plan B if Dennis goes elsewhere? There's a plan B. Um, I can't say, and the only reason I can't say, cause the kid has not entered the portal. There's not a lot of time left, but there's a plan B. And that's the one thing that I will give this staff credit for. They always have a plan B and the plan B when it was mentioned to me is not a, a second option. You know, they didn't all the one stat that they gave me on the kid with well, two stats said the kid, you know, was going to be a 39% three point shooter and 80% free throw shooter. So, but they don't want to say anything because you really can't 
because the kid's not in the portal yet, but this kid kind of reached out to them, if that makes any sense. Yeah, and I was going to clear that up to say, anyone listening, before you go, you start gasping, um, there, there are often third parties reaching out to schools. And so, exactly. We, yeah, definitely clear that up and there's, you know, make sure everyone's uh, clear here. So, yes. hey, well, let's get to uh, recruiting. Um, the the you know, spring season started the AAU. Um, you know, there are two or three names that, Illinois has been looking at or talking to in the class of 2024? Yeah, I mean, there's a kid that I know that they really like. His name is um, Kayan Anthony. He's out of New York, um, an area that Illinois has not really recruited well. He's a four-star shooting guard in the class of 2025. I know that's kind of hard to think and envision that they're in 2025, um, but I know they're really high on who's looked really good um, so far in the AAU season. Another kid is a uh, 2024 6'5 small forward um, out of Huntsville, um, Alabama, that I know Coach Frazier and Coach uh, Tim Anderson are really, really in all of. Um, Illinois is still looking to recruit some size and guys that can shoot. I mean, that's been something that Coach Underwood has harped on is shooters, 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 and everybody that they're recruiting, especially at the high school level, are guys that can put the ball in the basket. Yeah, and, of course, this weekend – there are uh, some fantastic games. The EYBL, that's the Nike League, is down in Dallas. So, you know, at IlliniGuys.com, we'll have coverage of that. And there's a lot of talent that will be on display. And maybe uh, the Illini can find a guy with Kofi's body who can shoot like Steph Curry. That'll solve a lot of problems, <laughs> I'll tell you that. Yeah, you I don't. Want much. You don't want much. I'm not asking for a lot, am I? <laughs> Santa, hold on, hold on, Mama, <laughs> Mama, give me that big binder over there. I'm on Santa's lap. That's that's my list. <laughs> it's, it's Mike when he was a kid going to see Santa in the mall. Um, well, you know, I tell you, it is uh, um, always interesting this time of year. And I guess my final question for you really probably would be, you know, how much things have changed this spring because it seems like that uh, the focus has really solely it appears. Um, there's been a big focus on the transfer portal and not so much um, on uh, on rising seniors in the high school levels. Is that accurate for for the Illinois staff? You know what? Right now, it really is. They are really putting a lot of time in. They are focused on this transfer portal and getting this and getting this roster together. Um, it's tough for them to kind of juggle it all because you know you want to you don't want the high school athletes to feel left out because the fruit of the program, but you also have a team that you have to fulfill next year. And you saw what happened when you went with a bunch of freshmen um, trying to bring the ball up the court and try to run an offense. You know, you need that veteran guy. So it's been a very, very stressful time, to say the least. And I know it has been with all three of the Illinois assistant coaches, and even Brad Underwood, trying to, you know, I know last week or two weeks ago, they were out in Arizona, they were out in, in Arizona, all three of the coaches. And then I know Chester Frazier was in South Carolina. So they're looking at that, but then they're also meeting and trying to get, you know, who can we get to fill this point guard spot? Who can we get to put this roster together? And also, you know, and I should have said this earlier, you know, what if Coleman and Terrence, if they don't come back, you know, that's why you've got the two, two or three transfers on campus right now, but they're still going to recruit some size. Um, one name that I, I think, you know, people shouldn't forget about Dane Danger was a guy that gave them 10 and six. And if they don't get another big man, you still have a guy down there that's going to be playing in his second year of college basketball. 
You know, so Illinois, the cover is not bare, but I think they want to be one of the top two or three teams in the Big Ten. If they're going to do that, they're going to have to get some more kids out of the portal, though. All right, we will leave it there. We know the horse is going to need some oats outside. It's time to eat. Uh, Kendrick Prince uh, with me of the 10-gallon hat, director of recruiting, IlliniGuys.com. Hey, appreciate you joining us and uh, giving us the update here. And we're going to strap in three more weeks. We will hang tight. Ken, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. All right. <laughs> Stay with us. More to come on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Hello, this is Brett Dillman, the Illinois head football coach. You're listening to Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. Hour number two is here. Larry Smith, Brad Sturdy, Mike Kegley. Glad you're along for the ride as well as we get through this weekend together. Uh, you know, some tough news uh, for the basketball world and University of Louisville, the man who put that program on the map, Denny Crum, passing away Tuesday morning in his home there in Kentucky, just uh, 86 years old. Um, you know, guys, I mean, he's a guy that I, I – He's in the Hall of Fame back in 94, so certainly you can say he, he got his due. Um, but he was somebody that I, I just think was, again, one of those those coaches from that era, the likes of which we may never see again. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, you know, it is. He's one of those. He's like, I, I put him in the category of like a Dean Smith type guy, a guy that I, you know, you watched and you knew what, you, you know what you knew what you're going to get from Louisville and when Denny Crum was there and he had some great teams obviously and great players but I, I it was it was great I, I it was just a, a time a, a period of time with those coaches where it was so much um, it was so much fun you'd watch a game and and the coaches were such and I know they are today but I feel like more so back then the coaches were like the program because they were there for so long with you know with these guys they were there for like many years they gave them an opportunity to kind of build a brand. And Denny Crum was the Louisville brand. Yeah, and and look, you know, he had such athletic teams that were fun to watch with the McRae brothers, never nervous Purvis, you know, Dr. Duncan Stein. But I go back to the the greatest college basketball game I ever saw, which was Louisville against Phi Slamma Jamma. And that was such an amazing game. And it was it was fun to watch him because in the heat of the action, you know, the guy's trying to win the game. And yet you could tell that like there was like a he was also like smiling because it must have been so excited, so exciting to see that from the front row. Um, I just thought he was one of those like and again, we don't know. I didn't know him personally, but he kind of played the role of the gentleman coach. Um, and, you know, he could get fired up, obviously, but but he really was. You know, as a kid, you know, it, what a great place. I, I could see where a kid would want to grow up and play for Denny Crum. Yeah, he was one great comment from Kentucky coach John Calipari, who lost his only matchup with him when he was still at uh, uh, at uh, Memphis State and and when Crum was winding down his career. You know, unfortunately, Crum was forced out um, you know, by the Louisville upper brass as they wanted to bring in Patino. His only losing season he had was was then – in that final year, whereas ironically, he retires at 64. Wouldn't his mentor also, John Wooden at UCLA, retires at 64. But you're right, Crum comes up, plays a couple years after he transfers in from elsewhere uh, for uh, Wooden early on in the early 60s, comes back as an assistant coach later, uh, wins some rings, and then goes to, to, to Louisville. And to your point, the only coach, it's only, his only stop was Louisville. He didn't bounce around and go somewhere else. I mean, that was it for him. 30 years 
six Final Fours and two national championships. Uh, Denny Crum, uh, he will be missed. There's no question. Let's stay in the Bluegrass State. Meanwhile, the Kentucky Derby was last week. And guys, you know I was there. And it was just odd to kind of uh, go through and, and you know, do the natural uh, hosting and the things that I do and part of the 150,000 people that were there. But the Paul cast over this, all of the, you know, first off, all the scratches. I mean, you only had 18 horses there. Um, you know, the winner, they're the, the, the favorite Forte scratched the morning of the race. And we now know he won't be eligible for the Preakness either because he's got to go through some protocols before he's allowed back on, uh, onto the, the, onto the uh, track. Um, but then also, you know, there were two more horses that died in the early races before the Derby, um, both suffering, uh, one in the race number two, which is just a gruesome leg injury had to be euthanized there on the track. Um, Seven horses dying total in about a 10-day span, not all of them during, you know, because of the derby, but other races, other things. Um, is is there a problem in horse racing? We know that horses do die in competition. That happens. Um, or is this just something that just happens in horse racing that perhaps overall is underreported? I think there's something there. I, I do. I'm glad they didn't euthanize me when I had my leg injury. I will say that. Um, I, I am... <laughs> That's a good. You thing. can talk. I, no, I'm okay. I'm good. I'm good. Let me. No, no. It's just. A, I can do this. Well, can, Larry and it. I said it was up to the doctor. You know. <laughs> <Thanks. laughs> You're so helpful. <laughs> good guy. So no, uh, no. I think um, no. I I think there is something an issue. I think they need to work on this. I and I don't know what the issue is. I can't tell you exactly what it is, but. There's clearly something wrong when this many things happen in the, the week of the race. But I also don't think like it's like we need to ban horse racing. Maybe we just need to have a little more oversight, figure out what's going on. I, I'm still shocked. Like, do you know what's funny, though? What comes up on your social media all week, though, this week leading up to the Derby was I saw Secretariat run the Belmont, the Kentucky Derby, the Preakness and the Belmont multiple times this week on social media sites because everybody like still talks about that. Group. So. Yeah. One of the greatest athletes of all time, yeah. Joe Secretariat. Yeah, and and I, I I am not obviously a horse racing aficionado, but it does seem before people get too you know bent out of shape, you need somebody who's impartial or neutral to kind of investigate what happened and see if there's a cause that you can you can say okay we need to avoid X or Y or whatever it might be. You, you want to make it safe on the animals and, and I don't feel bad at all to say that, you know, I, I think anything you can do to protect the animals that don't really know what's going on. I think that's fair and, and go through and try to figure out what the problem is and address it. Yeah. There's no question. And horse racing, um, certainly on them now, as they move forward into the, the Preakness next week in Baltimore. And then a couple weeks later, uh, the Belmont uh, up in New York. So uh, there's no question about that. By the way, speaking of secretariat, big red, as they call him, um, in, in Kentucky, um, his, uh, there was a story done on his last living daughter out in Pennsylvania, a TV crew went out and did a story on her. She's not much of a talker, but <laughs> there was a story done on her. Thank you. Thank you. But I'm bummed. Yes. Yes. Hey, two minimum. How, is it, how does he still have all the records for the fastest times? 1973. Yeah. Yeah, this yeah. is like Bob Beeman without the altitude or something yeah, like. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's it's crazy how long he's had that record for the fastest times in all three races. Yeah, they were saying that he he was so large that he, even his heart was like twice the size of a normal horse's heart. He was a huge yeah. horse. And horses are big. Um, he just he just had just incredible strength. I mean, it's just you know like 
It was like Shaq who could fly. You know, I mean, fast yeah. Shaq, speedy yeah. Shaq. Imagine that, like Andre the Giant. There you go. Um, Hey, let's talk about legends. Deion Sanders, legend on the football field. Out in Colorado, folks, I'm just going to say it. They are losing their freaking minds in Colorado. Did you see where the sixth, the, the when in terms of teams and numbers of bets placed on that team to win the college football playoff, Colorado ranks sixth. Folks, Colorado is probably not going to win the Pac-12. I'll put my money on that, right? No, I have like 28 players or something. Right. <laughs> so they still got to add like another 30 in the portal. So I, I, I don't know. It's hard, to, hard for me to see them winning uh, the Pac-12. I, here's the thing. They're going to be more competitive. You know, he's yeah. brought in more talent. Yeah. They're going to make them better. I mean, there's still a long way to go. I mean, you, USC is still in the Pac-12 this year, right? One more year. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're pretty good. I mean, that's a pretty <laughs> good program. They got maybe the Heisman winner quarterback. I mean, I, I don't know. It could be tough. It's not like all this other Chip Kelly at UCLA. They seem to be doing okay. So it's not like he's jumping into a place where it's just going to be easy peasy. So yeah, I mean, he's got some work, got his work cut out. And don't they have like some? Don't they have a tough opener too? I think so. Yeah, I looked, I've looked at this. I have to look it up. Yeah. Well, when I look at Caesar's Palace, it's a lot of uh, gamblers who lost money to build such a beautiful facility. And I think these uh, Colorado fans who are vote, who are voting with their pocketbook in Vegas for them to win the national title are doing their best to help the MGM Grand and and Caesar's Palace, uh, you know, keep that place looking spiffy. Because yeah. I don't think that yeah. money's going anywhere else. Okay, they open. By the way, they open at TCU. Then they play Nebraska, and they also then they play Colorado State, and then they're at Oregon and have USC at home. That's how they start. Right. <laughs> Winning it all, baby. Yeah. And, and then they end at Utah. I mean, yeah. you know, cake, right? yeah. And used to lay in the middle there. So yeah, really? I mean, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's just, just insane. Just insane. But yeah, I'm going I'm to allow people to bet with me. I'm going to become a bookie now and I'm going to take all bets on Colorado to win the national title. Exactly. I'll give you some great odds. Exactly. I want to say like what? 251, 250 to one. I think it was. So yeah. Listen, Dion did a great job at Jackson State. I didn't think he would. I've already eaten my two plates of crow. Uh, I stand corrected. What a job he did. You ain't going from 1-11 to a national title in one year. Sorry. It'd be the greatest story in the history of sports if you did. It ain't happening. All right. <laughs> Keep it here. What is happening is more chat from us next. You're tuned in to the Sports Spectacular on the Illini Guys Radio Network. At Busey Wealth Management, we're proud to partner with individuals, families, and foundations, ensuring possibilities become achievements. From preserving and enhancing your assets to securing your legacy for future generations, we're focused on your success. Busey Bank, building business, growing wealth since 1868. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini, member FDIC. Right back here on the show, and one of the things we talked about earlier uh, was the, the the gambling scandal now in both Iowa and Iowa State. Tom Cakert of HawkeyeReport.com has uh, been a great friend of the show, comes back now to give us some clarity on this. Uh, Tom, good to see you again. Um, let's just start from the top here. Um, boy, this came out, and again, not just uh, in Iowa City, but over in Ames as well. We should say that actually gambling is legal in Iowa. We should say that off the top. 
Yes, and it's um, unlike Illinois, where you can't bet on Illini games in the state of Illinois or Northwestern games or, you know, Illinois State or whoever, Northern Illinois. Um, in the state of Iowa, you can um, place wagers on the Hawkeyes and Cyclones, UNI Panthers, Drake Bulldogs. You can you can do that. So it, it's it's different. Every state is a little different. I think most states don't allow gambling on the in-state institutions, but Iowa does. Um, so Friday, um, Kyle Huseman, who, who's uh, one of our, our great reporters, was at the Iowa-Ohio State baseball game and um, notices that, uh, that their best hitter, uh, Keaton Anthony, is not in the lineup and uh, starts kind of just asking some questions. And because he was at the, uh, the baseball team had their annual golf outing earlier in the day and there are pictures on social media of Keaton at the at the event so you know he's not hurt you know he's not sick did something happen on his you know you, you just don't know and everybody kind of got quiet but then you start asking a little bit of questions and then eventually it gets to there's something to do with gambling and that's kind of where it started and frankly if I would wasn't playing baseball and it didn't involve Keaton. I don't know that we would know anything about this story at this point uh, at all, because most of the other sports are out of season. Right. You know, the football, we wouldn't, you know, wouldn't have known. In fact, um, from what I, I understand um, as of like last night, um, Kirk Ferentz and Fran McCaffrey didn't even know which players on their teams are involved in this. <laughs> they haven't even gotten that. They were maybe going to find out today, but um, haven't heard anything. But it's just, yeah, it's it's an interesting story. I should say off the top that the Iowa Gaming Commission has investigated this, and there is no indication that it involves, you know, guys placing bets on football players placing bets on Iowa football games basketball players placing bets on Iowa games, Iowa basketball games, or uh, baseball players placing bets on Iowa baseball games, which pop up. I mean, they, you know, DraftKings, FanDuel, they have some of those college baseball lines up. And there was, there's been no indication of that. In fact, they said they just, and because the games, in fact, the games, the Ohio State Iowa games were available online uh, to, to bet on this weekend. It was unlike the, the Alabama LSU situation where those games were removed from being able to be bet on uh, because of what had gone on or uh, what they were investigating there. Do you think this is kind of one of the uh, snarls and that, that, you know, some ADs have been very hesitant to do anything regarding gambling. Josh Whitman at yeah. Illinois is one. Um, is is this something that may be just the tip of the iceberg that colleges are going to have to deal with uh, much more than they've ever had in the past? Yeah, I think it is a big, um, big topic that they're going to have to deal with. I think it's, um, you know, frankly, there's there's some stuff out there about the um, a, a, a football player from West Virginia, not West Virginia, from Virginia Tech. Uh, that um, admitted to gambling on some betting on some uh, NBA games last year. And 
got suspended for six games, half the season he lost for doing that. And I think um, the NCAA, which, you know, we know doesn't always make great decisions about things, but the way they're looking at sports gambling today um, is antiquated. It's based on an old system where, um, you know, when we were growing up guys, it was, you could, the only place you were going to place a bet, there were two places. It was Las Vegas where, where it was legal or you found a bookie, right? right? Right. You know, that's, that's the only places you could do it. And that's not the way it is now. And, and let's be honest, you know, all of these gambling apps, the, 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 the place where you can, you know, bet rivers or wherever or DraftKings, they monitor all this stuff. So you have to register, you have to, you know, put all your data and information in there. You're, you know, you have to use a, a, a legit debit card to, to place money in the account. Um, it's not like DraftKings, if, you, if you're starting to lose, the DraftKings is going to come break your legs, you know, uh, like, or, or compromise you like back in the day with some of these, you know, the betting scandals of the past where guys were getting in, the, in deep with, uh, you know, some, some betting syndicate or whatever and, and uh, have to try and dig, their, dig out of that hole and, and, and be at their, at, at Ben and Neef for those guys and doing things for them that were legal, that compromise the integrity of games. I, I don't see it with this. I, I think you got to um, readjust things and how we look at this and yeah, just tell them, Hey, you can't bet on your team. You can't bet on your school. You can't bet on the sport that you're going to, that you're taking part in. Maybe you just say you don't bet on college sports period. If you're a college athlete, but you know, what's wrong with a 21 year old guy who's, who, who's able to bet, betting on, uh, on the uh, Celtics and 76ers or the Warriors and the Lakers or the Cubs Cardinal game, you know, it's, it probably would come back to maybe to, you know, again, if you're doing it with a bookie, I think their argument would be yeah. that you, you, you lose, you might have some losses that yeah. you have somebody who wants to break your legs. So yeah. you'll shave. Yeah. But, but yeah, there, I don't think DraftKings is doing that right now. No, DraftKings is just going to take your money. And it's and when your money goes, when you lose all your money, yeah. as I do, you know, when you lose all your money, <laughs> then you're just, you just don't get the bet anymore until you reload. You know, that's just how it works. It's not like um, you can tell a bookie, hey, I'm going to, you know, you can't call up DraftKings and say, hey, I'm going to put 500 on, on the, the Cubs tonight against the Cardinals. And you can't do that. That's not how it works. You just got to put your own money in. They're not going to, it's not like they're going to take a marker for you. Talking with Tom Cakert of HawkeyeReport.com right now. Again, uh, the source for Iowa Hawkeye sports and this uh, gambling scandal going on uh, with the Iowa and Iowa State. You know, I'm with you guys. And I think that it's come to the point now, to your point, that you know, even 10 years ago, you didn't have the apps and you didn't have the sophistication you do right now. Um, I remember I did a story years ago in 2007 in Las Vegas. And the question was, um, will, could pro sports play in Vegas? And I went in a skeptic. I came out a believer. I felt that it could. And they talked about then having a situation where, um, you know, you actually could, this is again, before smartphones were invented, where they said, you know, we could, we envision an arena where you can sit right there at your seat 
and you're mm-hmm. sweating, and you can battle the game right there. Well, now you can have it. Look, guys, I was at the Kentucky Derby last week, and one of my yeah. one of my coworkers was on an app and bet on like every single race. Yeah. And he's betting trifectas and 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 you know, I mean, not just the derby, but all the on the undercard, if you will. So, you know, it, it comes to a point that it's almost impossible to regulate. Um, and Tom, I, I really think it may come down to if you're an NCAA athlete and you sign those those letters, um, you're banned from these apps. I just think that, you know, it's 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 too easy, I think, to to get to someone, not saying that these kids have done that, but you're getting to the point where it may be too easy to actually get in and influence someone with this because it is so accessible i mean you know you could have a kid place a bet at halftime and then go back out in the field and play yeah you could but that but here's the thing that um those companies are tracking all those all the time that's how they're able to that's how they were able to um to identify all these um people who are participating uh from the university of iowa and iowa state is because the, you know, the geolocating, they can, they, and they know they have to register for these things. So they have to put down their name, their address, their social security number, uh, their bank accounts, all those things that have to go in there. So um, they're able to track them and they would know right away. It's just like the Alabama thing. They knew right away that, that there was some stuff going on because this guy, the other thing that, that pops up too is when you place an abnormally large amount of money on a Alabama LSU baseball game that probably isn't going <laughs> yeah. to, you know, if, if there's a $50 bet, that's probably fairly significant. And, yeah. you know, when that guy's throwing down um, six figures or whatever it was, I don't know what it was, but um, you know, if, he, if even five figures, I mean, it's just, that's going to draw attention. Yeah. It's, it's going to, people are going to go, why is he betting that much on a, on a, weird college baseball game in the state of Ohio. So, um, yeah, I don't know where this is all going to lead. It just, uh, it, the, the gambling commission doesn't seem to think it's, it's nefarious kind of thing. And I, that, you know, they had a potential criminal conduct in the statement that was released yesterday from the university. And I think that's going to be some of these guys, in fact, we know that at least two of the baseball players who um, did not participate this past weekend are freshmen. So they are underage. They're not 21. So they mm-hmm. shouldn't be allowed to bet. So that's, that's, and it's a, it's like a misdemeanor. It's like a, you know, a ticket, basically it's, it's a fine and uh, that you're placing bets illegally. It's a, no different than you know, going to play slot machines and you're 18 and, and you win. And then like, ah, how am I going to cash this out? You know? <laughs> exactly. You know, cause they're going to ask you for an ID. Well, let, let's, let's switch gears a little bit because the Iowa football team's offense had, had some challenges under Brian yeah. Ferens. They, they even had some incredibly supportive uh, video messages to, to help, you know, bring him back. What did the Iowa what was Iowa's pitch to former Ohio State wide receiver Caleb Brown that got him to come over to Iowa to help out? And secondly is how formidable is Iowa's NIL machine on the football side? It's been – we'll start with the, the second part first because that's been pretty good uh, when you talk about the offense. And Iowa doesn't have – 
you know, there's no um, shop cons in Iowa City. <laughs> Guys like that, you know, the um, billionaire type folks that that yeah. can can make things happen and and you know have a million dollars fall out of their pocket and and uh, they don't even notice. You know, it's just um, so it's been a lot of grassroots work. Uh, been some you know a lot of work uh, just trying to build relationships and getting some some people involved and um so they've kind of remade the offense in a lot of ways getting Cade McNamara getting Eric All getting uh Caleb Brown a kid who's at you know he's at St. Rita kid so um getting him uh getting offensive linemen uh I should mention Seth Anderson uh, another wide receiver uh he's Flipper Anderson's uh son who was at Charleston Southern. They got Rusty Feth, who's an offensive lineman. They've got another offensive lineman, Dejon Parker, who was going to head to Virginia, but picked Iowa. Um, so I just, I've been exchanging some messages with Caleb and um, um, here's what he told me. He said, what impressed me the most about Iowa was the personal connection between the staff and the players. I felt a part of the Iowa family right away, along with the all of the boxes they checked. Uh, this is what I wanted for in my new home. And, um, you know, he, he says that they're going to really feature him on offense. So I think that's a big deal too, that, um, you know, kids want to, kids want to play, you know, they want to be part of, part of the offense, part of something big. Um, so, um, I, I think that was, that was also really, important to him coming in and because he's you know he's going to walk in and maybe be their best wide receiver I know Nico Ragaini is the most experienced guy but um, Nico's more of a you know underneath possession kind of guy he's not the guy that's going to take the top off and um, you know it's a big recruiting win for Iowa because that was what was lacking right now was just wide receiver punch and this at least gets them going. And um, I don't know if they're even done yet. They may, you know, poke around, but the scholarship numbers are may, may dictate that they, they might be done. Uh, although they're not in like a Nebraska situation. I know Nebraska like two weeks ago was, or three weeks ago was like at 97 scholarship players and they still had to get down to 85. I mean, <laughs> it's crazy. I, how do you do that? I, you know, but it's like all these guys know they're they're supposed to be leaving. So yeah, use the uh, Dion Thomas or the I'm sorry the Dion Sanders method. Get out. <laughs> yes, <laughs> make, yes. Make, make it real clear, real simple. Dion Sanders, Coach Prime, and Coach, uh, Coach Prime doesn't know my name. I guess I might want to leave. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like a major league, the red card he didn't bother. This says, yeah, you, you, and you get out. Hey, Tom, great to talk with you and give us some insight on this. And um, you yeah. know, like you said it's it's one of those things that may lead to. Uh, some action by the NCAA. Will they? I mean, they should. Will they take action? We we only can wait and see. We were um, I, just one thing. I was told last night that they were hoping that something might pop today about, especially for the baseball guys, because they want to know: Is my season done? Yeah. Or um, am I going to be part of this team? I mean, Keaton Anthony is one of the best players in the Big Ten. He's second in the country in doubles this year. He's got twenty-two doubles, uh, and you know, he's one of the best best hitters in the conference, uh, almost certain MLB draft pick. And he just wants to know if his, his career's over, his season's over, what's, what's next for him. 
and um, they, and I think they deserve that answer, frankly. You know, yeah. before this weekend, because Iowa's got a huge series against Michigan State uh, this weekend, and you know they've they've really only got one catcher. Yeah, because two of the two of the guys that are in this are are their backup catchers. Oh boy, yeah. So it's uh, you know ice the knees. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no kidding. Well, Tom, we always appreciate your time. Great to see you, my friend. We'll Thank talk you, guys. Take care. You Thanks, got Tom. it. Thank you. Tom Cakert again. The website is HawkeyeReport.com. Uh, it is the source for Iowa Hawkeyes news. We go to it. You should as well. HawkeyeReport.com. Tom Cakert, one of the great guys uh, in this industry. Stay with us. Switch more to come after this. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio. Guess who is here and guess who is fresh off final exam? She is the Illini gal, sophomore Gord Adaya McKinney. Sophomore Gord? Now you're a Gord. Sophomore guard, Adaya McKinney. <laughs> you, know, you know, we call you all kinds of names and you never get mad at us. You're so even keel. I just call you a Gord and you laugh. Um, because I thought it was funny. And I guess I'm used to it. My teammates bully me. Just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> now we know. It's all coming out. Yeah. So hey, exam week. How did things go? Things went well. My last exam was pretty stressful, but got it done. Hopefully I have all A's. And yeah, that's the plan. <laughs> so what's your what is your major again? Sports management. Sports management. All right. Yes, cool. yes, yes. Excellent. Catch me coaching at the University of Illinois in a few years. There you go. You can right. you can be there. There you go. That's good. Actually, actually, wait, never mind. I'll be in the WNBA. Well, okay. You can do that. that. I'm not sure. I'm not sure which pays more. <laughs> know what I'm saying? Seriously. Yeah, yeah you, you got a point. You got a point. Yeah, you can make some you can make some bank. So tell me, so so what was this tough final you had? It was for RST class, which is my major, and it talked about finance. Ah, so you got to start talking money. There you go. That's good. Yeah. That's good. It's good to have that financial. I teach, like, I actually teach financial literacy to kids. So I would much rather teach it to older people who have a clue, but I have like freshmen and they don't even know what a check is. So there you go. You're lucky. <laughs> do, do you know what a check is, Vidalia? Do I know? <laughs> yes, I do. I was going to say, because, because like, I'm trying to think if my kids have ever written a check. I'm not certain they ever have. They've seen them. There you go. But, they've seen them. Okay. I don't know that they've ever written one themselves. Mm-hmm. That is just crazy. I'm going to need Brad to teach me more about finance. I can do that. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I'll teach you about pizza. Um, <laughs> question, question with you. You know, you're, I think it's kind of cool how the fans wait and they're excited and they hear like, oh, you know, Illinois has Shea Bowling coming, Camille Hobby coming. What is it like for you as one of the team members when you find out that, you know, these players are coming to Illinois to be one of your teammates? What goes through your mind and how do you, you know, react and and think about that? Yeah, when I see the post or when the coaches tell us, like, for me, I'm just super excited because I'm like, yes, like, went through the process with them coming on their visits. And, you know, like, we all are really invested and we want them to come. So for us to, you know, touch down and commit, you know, it feels really good. Like, we low-key be celebrating. I'd be, like, screaming and stuff. <laughs> 
So do you, did you know, do you guys get word ahead of time before a player commits or how does that work? You guys are all so close. I know you guys really keep in touch. Yeah. Um, usually the coaches would probably tell us before like a player posts or anything, or we would just see the post. So it depends. I like usually getting the sneak peek. I like the sneak peeks. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, so is there a, like when you come on these visits, what's it like? Uh, on these visits with these is it different you know you've had freshmen you've hosted before right or or yeah. high school kids is it different with the older kids because they've kind of been through it already yeah for sure it's way different like with uh Camille and Shay like they were both like yeah we know the process like I'm down to do whatever they're just really chill like we didn't have to like keep asking them like hey do you want to do anything they were just like going with the flow and stuff. So it's easier. I know we're freshmen, they're super nervous and all, but when those who are older, like they're easier to talk to because, you know, they're not really nervous. It seems like you would never have a problem talking with anybody based on <laughs> how well you've done on this show. I mean, if you can deal with Brad, it's got to be easy to talk Wait, to. Brad? Brad? <laughs> Mike? Mike? <laughs> I think, honestly, I get it from both of you. Oh, What? Well, you know, Larry's the real problem. Yes. Brad, we can Brad both and I can agree, agree on, on that. Yeah, I think I might have to agree on that one too. Uh, what have I done? What have I done? What have I done to deserve? Well, I think it's the whole. I think it's the whole year of mispronouncing the name. <laughs> and I think it's calling me a gourd. <laughs> I call. Yeah, exactly. I didn't call her a gourd. Yeah. 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 I have never called you a gourd. So That's true. You, <laughs> you know what? I've got. I've got to back Brad on this. I'm in the awkward position of Brad and I have not called you a gourd. <laughs> there you go. I, I. I. Yeah. I can't. I can't. I can't run from that. I can't. I can't. But I, but I tell you what, I've gotten Adalia's name correct when Big Ten announcers have not. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good I have, point. I have sent many uh, DMs and texts to people saying, please tell them it's Adalia. Because I appreciate she, that. We're, I've got, we're in your corner. We're in your corner. Ever since um, you corrected me, I'm not correcting you. I've been correcting everybody I come across. <laughs> that, that's actually Excellent. good. You should. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> When your name's Larry Smith, you just don't try to get out and, you know, it's so yeah. incredibly boring. Such a boring name. Uh, hey, so, okay. So um, are you back home or what's the summer for you? What are you, what are you up to? Yeah, I'm still on campus right now because uh, my exam was dated so late. But yeah, I'll be on campus for a little bit and I'll go back home. Okay. Excellent. All right. When do you come back for summer? Uh, we all have to report back on June 10th. Okay. Nice. A few weeks. Yeah. There we go. A little, little break, little break. Yeah. Now, is that going to be a big difference? You know, last year you guys came, you know, back to the campus in June and there weren't many players, et cetera. Now you got a team that's got high expectations. What's that going to be like? Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot better because, like, we already have our foundation set and stuff like that. And it's not going to be awkward at workouts and we all know to talk and, you know, we know the standard. And also, it's going to be really fun, you know, having new people come in and teaching them the ways. So I'm really excited. Got these outstanding freshmen, a couple of uh, great veteran uh, big players underneath. It's going to be a lot of fun. Adai, congratulations. We know you uh, are one of the top uh, academic student athletes on campus. So uh, congrats for that. Congratulations. You're now an upperclassman. Congrats on that. And uh, enjoy your time. We will talk with you very soon here on uh, the Sports Spectacular. 
Thank you so much, Gord. I mean, I mean, Larry, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> From one Gord to another. That's right. Touche. Touche. <laughs> all I can do is take it, guys. All I can do is take it. Uh, Adaya McKenzie. She is the Illini gal. Uh, again, the sophomore guard. Now soon to be the junior guard for the Illini women's basketball team. And no, she's much nicer than a Gord. All right. Stay with us. This is a Sports Spectacular powered by IlliniGuys.com. She just tied Larry into a Gordian knot. Oh, <laughs> Do you know someone with a drug or alcohol problem? Get help right now. Insurance may cover everything. Stop the drug and alcohol nightmare. Are drug and alcohol problems hitting you too close to home? Get help right now. Insurance may cover everything. 877-927-3380. 877-927-3380. That's 877-927-3380. At Busey Bank, we understand you have a vision for your future, and we're committed to helping you achieve your dreams. Since 1868, we've invested in recruiting and retaining the best and brightest associates. Busey's unique culture is one that values and supports you, provides opportunities for growth, and it's much more than a job. It's a career. Build relationships, build community, and build your career at Busey Bank. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. We haven't done it in a long, long time, guys. We haven't reviewed movies. Well, I tell you, you know, Kegley has been just now of the three of us, Kegley's a movie guy. I mean, let's just what do you yep. probably what eight or ten movies a year you do? More than that? Uh me? Yeah. Oh good lord. No, I go to dozens of movies. Yeah, I'm, I mean it's it's like one or two a month, right? I mean it's only, Oh yeah, at least. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm a platinum Cinemark member. Yeah. So those those people at the Cinemark theaters and that is uh, headquartered down in Dallas. I'm I'm your guy. <laughs> well, there are worse habits to have. There are worse worse crutches to have. So, yeah. All right. Well, lead us off, movie boy. Um, you you get the you get the special on the popcorn. Uh, yep. Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, you, you just saw what is this like part pie? I mean, I, yeah. This I, is I, this I, is volume three. Okay. All and right. really, this this one was Rocket's story. So those of you who have watched those movies, this one really gives you the background of Rocket Raccoon, and uh, this this would go through he, his origin. Wait, Mike, I thought I thought he was a rabbit. Isn't yeah, that exactly. He, we found or, out what we found out what he was definitively. Oh, okay. Because uh, in the movie, so there's your Thor, spoiler. Thor called him a rabbit. Thor called him rabbit. Exactly, <laughs> and and you know the bottom line is is. Folks, this is a spoiler alert, but Rocket Raccoon is a raccoon. So there we are. But I think I think what was interesting in this is James Gunn, who has directed all three of the Guardians movies, and now he's going to build the DC universe after coming off of Suicide Squad and the Peacemaker series on HBO Max. He really found a way to take this movie and give you the the final adventure of this group of guardians and the final adventure was to be united to help their friend who was at death's door which is rocket raccoon now there was a couple things that i, I thought were really funny in this movie one is james gunn continued and i don't know if you noticed this brad 
but he continued his fluctuation of people's powers. So at one point, Drax, you know, it can just like exchange punches with people with no big deal. And then later in the movie, he can break down an armored airlock with the same amount of effort that he would punch out a guy roughly my size. So I thought that was kind of interesting, trying to figure out, you know, where his powers are. Is is he as strong as the Hulk or Spider-Man or that, you know, Stan Lee? I don't know. Um, (laughs) And then I think the other thing that we saw that was that was really interesting is we saw that any superhero movie. What do you guys think is ultimately determines how good a superhero movie is going to be? I don't know, Mike. You're asking the wrong guy. Yeah, it's it's the villain. Oh if well, the sure. Villain, if why, the villain is good, you're you're right because I will say this. That's why the the greatest villain in these superhero movies that I've seen is Thanos, and that's yep. why those were great. Yeah, exactly. Thanos was an excellent villain because he was kind of a he's a torn villain, right? He's like he's not all bad or all good. He's like there there's some you know it's like he has a goal that's positive. Yeah, just happens to kill people to get there so right right exactly you know it's like dude instead of killing half the people you could make the universe double the size hey there we are but hey you know that's that's thanos a little different um but this one has a guy a villain the high evolutionary and all he wanted to do was create genetically engineer the perfect race he just wanted to have a you know like a a place that he was going to create his own garden of eden Hmm. And boy, does that turn out to be a bad thing for a lot of people. Well, it usually does, uh, even in real life. I, I, yes. I remember a, there was another a, an Austrian guy who did something there. Um, yeah, yeah. Yes. Maybe, maybe had a uh, similar type thing. And yeah, exactly. wasn't very nice either. It, hey, it, by the way, how did, it, how did it segue, Mike, I got to ask, how did it segue from the Christmas special? Was Kevin Bacon in? Did Kevin, Kevin Bacon have a cameo or anything? He, he was not that I saw in the movie. Although the, the, the funny thing about that was, is, is I guess they kind of filmed them roughly at the same time, you know? And so if you have Disney plus normally these type of things are pretty much garbage, but the the Kevin Bacon um, Christmas story of the guardians of the galaxy was truly entertaining. And this movie was very good, but I will warn people. They have some scenes that taught that, that really kind of depict animals being tested medically. Yeah. And um, it is very intense and, and very uncomfortable that I actually think if you had small kids might scare the snot out of them. Cause it was, you know, you think about what we do, you know, to test animals, you know, put, you know, cologne in their face to see if they can how they do and all that but this is this this goes to a lot deeper levels and and there were some parts that i, I looked at my wife and i go this is way more intense than i expected from a superhero movie yeah well i will tell you um less intense and uh, less threatening was the movie air um on how nike landed michael jordan oh, that was really well done except reading later um it wasn't so much sunny vaccaro who in real life made the trip to North Carolina and it was the one saying, you got to get Michael Jordan. It was actually the other guy, Rob Strasser. Um, but Rob died. And then Rob's part of the creative guy who created the Jumpman logo and created the Air Jordan shoe also recently died. And so the last of the three was Sonny Vaccaro. So it was certainly told from Sonny Vaccaro's 
point of view, which is what Hollywood tends to do. But still, I highly recommend it. I thought Ben Affleck was a great Phil Knight. He's just got Phil's quirky mannerisms. And it's a reminder, too, of like Nike was nothing in the basketball world before then. I mean, now they, you know, they control everything. But what might have happened if he'd gone to Converse or to Adidas? How would the world be different? Yeah. The world of sneak, not just sneakers, but I mean, like the whole world of basketball would be different, I think. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that was the big thing. I'll be honest with you. Like when I was in high school, may have been during that time. And and we wore Converse. And we had had those Converse with the colored, different colors, you know, like, you know, whatever. They were navy and white or black. And it matched like what they had in college, you know? So. That was like the new thing. And then, of course, I by the time I went to college, I had Air Jordans galore. Lots of yeah, them. When we were in high school, it was the Nike legend or the Adidas top 10 that we got to pick from, you know, one or the other. I was a Nike legend guy. I want to know, Larry, who played Michael Jordan? Because that's got to be the plum role of, of the world. Say, I played Michael Jordan. It's funny you asked. He was never shown. He was only in a couple of scenes, mm-hmm. and they intentionally blocked his face. You yeah. never saw the actor who played Michael Jordan in it. But Matt Damon plays Vaccaro, although he looks nothing like Vaccaro. Right. Uh, but yeah, but that's the, uh, uh, um, um, oh my goodness, why am I drawing a blank? Um, scan, uh, uh, how to get away with murder. The actress, she's outstanding. Why am I drawing a blank? She played, she played Michael Jordan's mom. Oh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. And now I'm, now I'm blanking so myself. I'm drawing, drawing a blank. I'm going to look in the commercial break at her name. I'm, I'm so embarrassed. I can't think of her name. But she was outstanding. She was one of my favorite actresses. She was great. Uh, it was awesome. But, yeah, guys, when I was a senior in high school, I was so cool. I had some Converse high tops that were customized. So I could, I could, un, I could unlace them and drop in blue. Oh yeah, you could slide Stuff those, on. Yeah. and then the red, and then the white, and then the silver, baby. So I could customize into what I was wearing. You're a big time, big time, baby. My Jordache jeans and my Converse shoes. I had the belt, and I had a Jordache belt that would match the shoes. That yeah. All right, so we're gonna stop there. A little too much information, guys. And start wondering um, what I was doing back in 1980. Okay. Yeah, I'm starting to wonder now. Yeah, movie review. There we, we've long we've long wondered, Larry. Wondered what uh, what that was all about. So I yes. and I came out a better man on the other side. Uh, all right, <laughs> more conversation next. <laughs> Viola Davis. Packages start at twenty nine ninety nine a month with signed agreement. Restrictions apply. Speak to a representative for complete offer details. See Vivint.com for license details. Terms and conditions apply. Homeowners, if you're looking for the best in home security and smart home technology at a price you can actually afford. We have great news. Now you can get Vivint's award-winning home security systems starting at about a dollar a day. U.S. News and World Report has recognized Vivint as the best professionally installed home security system of 2022. And right now, you can get Vivint's home security technology for about a dollar a day. Plus, get free professional installation from a licensed technician. Protect your home and loved ones for as low as a dollar a day. Call right now for your free home security consultation. 800-613-8053. 800-613-8053. That's 800-613-8053. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys radio network. Now, let's get back to the studio. Well, no matter uh, what's going on with you in, uh, in in your world this weekend, at least you're not Bo Jackson. Uh, Bo knows 
hiccups. And as a result, he's going to have surgery, Mike, for the hiccups. Well, I, I, you know, first off, it's a, it's a story that's kind of funny. But then you you find out that he's had hiccups since last July. Yeah. I mean, I mean, seriously, he basically he could have had a baby by now. I mean, that's just that's just an unbelievable amount of time to have the hiccups. I get annoyed if I have them for more than a couple minutes. Sure. Yeah. And and then you look at like I also, you know, I mean, we could all volunteer to scare him, um, but that doesn't seem <laughs> that doesn't seem to work, you know. Problem I mean, is, Bo's hard to scare. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah, but Bo ain't Bo ain't <laughs> but Bo ain't scared of anything. So yeah, and and you you feel sorry for him, but like what a what a horrible thing to be doing that um you know for for eight, nine, ten months. Jeez, yeah, really. Yeah. And he even said he's he skipped some events. He didn't some appearances he normally does. He didn't do because uh, because of this. Uh, the drama finally is over. I know you've been uh, waiting with bated breath. But LeBron James Jr., known as Bronny, has uh, finally chosen his school. It's not Oregon. It's not Ohio State. It is USC. So he'll be staying in his uh, present home of Los Angeles and playing for the Trojans. Well, I mean, I would guess your NIL funds are much stronger if you're right there next to home. Um, not that he needs it, but, you know, I, I do feel sorry for him because he's a good basketball player. There is no doubt. He is not a five-star, at least not right now. Maybe he'll develop into it, but I worry that he's going to be pushed by, you know, his maybe his dad, public opinion, to go to college for one year and then try to go to the NBA. He's a talented guy. I don't think he's a one-and-done talent, and, you know, it, it, it's – just let him live his life. Yeah. He's not his dad. Well, and that's the thing. He's, he's, he's a much better basketball player than Michael Jordan's kids. Yes. And, and we know how that turned out in terms of just, um, you know, Jeff walked on at Illinois, then later transferred to central Florida to play with his brother, Marcus, who went down there as a four-star. Um, and, and, but again, just the, you know, the stereotype of being, you know, the son of, of, you know, a candidate of the goat you know, and uh, of, of a goat and, and you're that son. It's just tough. Uh, and I'm with you. He's a very, very good player. Let him play, let him live his life and let him be 18 years old. Um, the big 10 making some moves. Okay. So next year, 2024, the college football playoff uh, finally rightfully expands to, 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 to 12 teams. Um, so you're going to have more big 10 teams very likely in it. So we had Michigan, Ohio state this year, but you could have maybe a third or who knows, maybe even a fourth in some years. Um, they're already making some moves. Some of these stadiums, some of these schools, improving their stadiums, getting ready to host a playoff game in December, 2024. That is uh, so cool because again, being old, I have spent my entire life saying, well, let's see how UCLA does against Illinois in December in Champaign. And for the first time ever, the West coast teams and the Southeast teams may have to go play in, in some cold weather to see, uh, how they do. I am so excited to see that. And I think a lot of this is, this is how you run a good business is you think of stuff ahead of time and you, you plan for it. And then when it happens, you know, uh, in, in uh, 2024, they'll be ready and, and ready to knock it out of the park. So I, I think, I think it's an excellent foresight. And um, I, I, as a fan, you can't get me to that 12 team playoff fast enough. 
Oh, I, I, I think there's no question. I mean, again, you take a Georgia and Alabama and put them at Michigan, at Ohio State in December, um, when they haven't, you know, I mean, you know, the coldest they're going to go is maybe Missouri in November. Maybe. I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, seriously, it's, you know, I, I think it's a great equalizer or up at Penn State. You got to face 100,000 in Happy Valley, um, yeah. you know, and, and the wind chill is eight. You know, I mean, yeah, it's a great equalizer. I think it's great. So uh, once again, uh, there's no equalizing that the, the the service we provide you each and every week. But at that time has now come to a close. We appreciate everyone's coming by. Uh, boy, great to talk to Tom Caker about the whole Iowa thing. We'll be watching the scandal there. But for Brad and Mike, I'm Larry. As always, enjoy the games and enjoy this weekend. We'll see you right back here. Same station, same time. Till then, ILL. This has been a presentation of LMBC Sports, LLC, and JM Talent Productions. We'll be back next week on the Illini Guys Radio Network on these same stations across Illinois.